Hello, and welcome back into another edition of the Before Sports Entertainment Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ashley Gamble, and joining tonight, as always, we have Peter Glover and Trey. Guys, what's happening? What's up, brother? Man, I'm digging these eyebookers out, but we're going to make it, man. We're going to look for a good podcast tonight. Good deal. We have a, uh, a very special podcast tonight. We actually have our first guest that we're going to interview from Battle Zone Wrestling. We have Pharaoh Funk. Mr. Pharaoh, what's happening? Man, just, uh, just hanging in there, brother. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, we've been looking forward to it all week, man. I, I think we've texted each other about a hundred times because we love what you guys do in wrestling. No matter where it is, you guys give it your all. I mean, I'm, and that's, that's what we got to do. I, I was explaining to, to a guy, that's kind of funny you say that I was explaining to a guy, you know, cause he's man, how do you, you, you know, you get up, you, you got the nine to five, you, you come to work, you wrestle on the weekends. And when I first broke in, dude, it was two and three nights, maybe four nights a week that we were doing it. But uh, get up, go go into work, go do it again, you know. Uh, but I, I, I told him, I said, you know what, do you know what the difference is between what we do compared to the WWE? He goes, what's that? And I said, a billion dollars. <laughs> and he says, what do you mean? I said, they've got the lights, they've got the sound, they've got the TV. I said, we do the same exact thing. I said, and the only reason they're where they're at is because of the fact that if you watch it on TV, you got shaking cameras, you got certain angles, you got spots, you know, where the cameraman's supposed to be. You, you know, that's what those cameramen are trained to do. I said, you won't ever catch them catch them messing up i said we're all human i said but when you've got a crowd and you're in front of a live crowd and they're intently watching i said they're gonna catch they're gonna catch a slip up you know that's so, right well i can tell you this peter if you don't mind me stepping in because this go ahead first time I, hey this is the first time i'm speaking to you by the way and i asked peter and ashley before we started and um Number one, I don't know if I need to call you Pharaoh, Mr. Funk, Pharaoh Funk, whatever. I just call you Pharaoh. Is that cool? Man, yeah, that's fine. Just don't call me late for supper, brother. Hey, man, look, <laughs> uh, I ain't cooking tonight. We ate out. So, but, but I'll, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, I think Peter was the one, and, and me, actually, and Peter were talking before you came on, and uh, not to just, you know, get off of anything, but are you right. from Grenada? No, 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 no. Um, Smith County. I was born in uh, Augusta, Georgia. My daddy was a sailor. Okay. Was, was in the Navy. Gotcha. He spent eight. He spent eighteen months uh, over in Vietnam. Served our country. Hey, uh, thank him for his service. Or if he's still living, if he's not, thank you for his service anyway. That, that'll work. Uh, he, uh, which it, I felt like he had gypsy blood in him for some reason. He just <laughs> he moved around so much, but when I don't know. I, at 1987, we settled in Smith County, here in Raleigh, matter of fact. Uh, 93, we bounced around, went to Taylorsville, moved to Laurel, lived in Laurel a uh, couple of years. And then I ended up, uh, when I was 18, uh, actually 
19, I'm sorry, when I was 19, moved out, uh, got married, uh, lived in Rankin County for uh, about two or three years, and then been back in Smith County, been back in Raleigh uh, since then, and this this is home, you know, so uh, that's where I'm from, you yeah. know. <laughs> hey, hey, cool, because I think Peter was the one who said, I think he, he might be from Grenada. I said, well, I live in Charleston. That ain't but 22 minutes away. Now, I've wrestled for uh, Don Brody in Charleston, Mississippi. Oh, uh, okay, several, okay, got gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. several times. Gotcha, mm-hmm. bud. Well, Farrah, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, we know you wrestle. What do you do from your nine to five? Nine to five, I'm a, I am a maintenance man, <laughs> believe it or not. Okay. Uh, I, I work in Richland uh, for uh, FedEx. I've been for I've been with FedEx for 20, this will be my 25th year. So, uh, and I've, you know, I get heckled by guys all the time. You're a wrestler, you're a wrestler, you're a wrestler. You know, and it it some some of the guys actually from work have seen me wrestle. You know, and they they look at me. You know, like, hey, I respect what you do. You know, hey, and, it, uh, it takes it takes it takes passion, dedication, and talent to do what you do, man. Oh, it really does. It it honestly does it takes it takes a lot of heart too. Yes, and that's sir. What, yes, sir. Good point. Well, well, Pharaoh, you know, I mentioned uh, Battle Zone. Who you're with? Uh, tell us and our audience a little bit more about Battlezone and how long it's been around. Okay. Battlezone was created by uh, Danny McLean in Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, he was part of uh, what he called the South's greatest wrestling fans. And then he opened the Battlezone. And around uh, 02, he comes to McGee, Mississippi. Um, his first two or three shows, uh, he was running bi-weekly. I think it was every other weekend or every, yeah, every other Saturday night. And th- at that time, uh, I was going through a separation. So, uh, I moved back in with my parents. I uh, had custody of my daughter at the time. And, I, dude, I, you know, at that time, I, if you hadn't ever gone through it, you know, uh, I was, I wouldn't say I was in trouble, but my attentions weren't good, you know. So uh, my dad said, hey, and which my dad, uh, which is which was a widowmaker. Had uh, he had to run with uh, uh, Bob Kelly and Frank Dalton uh, in his younger days, and uh, so he asked, you know, hey, y'all want to let's go to the wrestling? And I was like everybody else, you know, oh, it ain't WWE, it ain't real wrestling, blah 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 blah. So uh, he come back home, hey, I met these guys, blah blah blah. You know, they they got a training school and yada 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 which my dad already at the time knew the ins and outs and, and whatnot. And, uh, he just never, when he was running with Frank and Bob Kelly at the time, he never actually were, was, he wasn't never part of the show, should I say. So uh, they talked him into training, which when he trained, he didn't train long because 
he already, like I said, he already knew the ins and outs. So uh, I think about a month had passed. He had come to come to us because there was there was me, a younger brother, and an older brother. That uh, he's like, hey, y'all, y'all want to get in this wrestling and training and blah blah. And I was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to do it. Blah blah blah. Uh, really didn't care for it. Ropers at the time was what I cared for, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, the older brother and the younger brother got into it, and they was like, "Come, come on, come check it out." Blah blah blah. So, I got you know went up there, checked it out, met Danny, met the head trainer, which was uh, Brother Love, Brother Heavenly Love, uh, uh, Marvin Galloway. He, you know, he talked to us. And I told him, I was like, you know, if I got into it, I don't want to be a wrestler. I want to be a manager. And he's like, oh, well, that ain't no problem. You know, just come on in and, and we'll train you. So we were training. And unbeknownst to me, he was training me to be a wrestler. Because apparently he seen something in me that I didn't see in myself at the time. The old bait and switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I my my older brother and my young brother started before I did. They broke. They not. They st- definitely started training, but they did. They hadn't like broke in. Uh, they broke. Well, I could say they broke in before I did. Let's just say that. Let's say they broke in before I did. So uh, I want to say they had about a month and a half, maybe two months on me. And uh, Marvin come to me one night and says, hey, brother, I need you to wrestle. I said, I don't know how to wrestle. He (laughs) said, yeah, you do. (laughs) He said, yeah, you do. Here, throw this on and throw this on, and I want you to go out there. And I I tagged with a guy named Kid Knievel, which was Bob – he come out of Bob Serio's training school up in – up in Greenwood, Greenwood, Green, Greenville, Greenville, I'm sorry. Uh, so it was Ryan Hodge and Scott Starr uh, was in the match that night. Uh, we got done, you know, thank God I made it through the match. Uh, we got <laughs> done. He, he said, you did fine. You did fine. You did great. You did exactly what I wanted you to do, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, then it picked up from there. Uh, skip to uh, 04, 05, I want to say. Uh, Danny comes to us and says, hey, uh, y'all want to buy the Battle Zone? So I was like, uh, I don't know. And so my mom and dad was like, hey, let's uh, let's talk about it. So we all went in on a third and bought the Battle Zone from Danny. And from 2005, 2004, 2005, to about 2015, 16, we ran in that, uh, the old, it used to be the old playpen pool hall there in McGee. Uh, I want to say 12, 13, 14 years, something like that. Every, well, and we started out bi-weekly, and then... Some stuff went on, and 
I was like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this once a week. So I called a couple of the guys, and they was like, it ain't gonna work. That's just slap crazy. You're in Mississippi, rural town Mississippi. You won't never work. How you gonna do it? And I did it. <laughs> you know, I did it. Uh, and that that's that's how the battle zone got started. Uh, after 2000, I want to say 15, 16, uh, the Berries had, uh, for some strange reason, we ran there for so long. And all of a sudden, the uh, the fire marshal and the building inspector, in which we had a license through the city of McGee um, to run, you know, a business license to run in the city of McGee. Uh, the fire marshal shows up with the building inspector, and they go through the building. Now, the, now, granted, this building had been there for 30 years, 30, 40 years, uh, and had been plenty of businesses in the past prior to that. Uh, they come up, they thought, oh, we, you got to get this fixed, this fixed, this fixed, this fixed, this fixed. I was like, how? You know, so the Barry's wasn't going to, they wasn't, they had no, uh, they they wasn't gonna put a dime into the building, you know. We were paying them rent once a month, right? And they weren't they weren't putting a dime into the bit into the building. Uh, so we started trying uh, to uh, try to fix this thing so we could get back up and running. Uh, a year passed. They said, uh, "I tell you what, uh, y'all want to buy it?" And I was like, "Yeah, it will come talk to us." Well, they didn't – and I assume – we good old boys, right? You know, I right. assumed that we were going to gather around a cup of coffee, you know, sit at a coffee table, or I was going to sit in a man's chair at his house or something. We was going to have a discussion. No. They drag us up in a lawyer's office. Yeah. We need $3,000 <laughs> yeah. $3, up, $3, up front. I said, I said, are, you, are y'all lost y'all's mind? I said, I'm dumping every dime I got into that building. To try to get it fixed to get it up and running. Well, would you get it? Call us. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. Oh. So we were probably, you know, I had talked to all kinds of guys. You know, guys was donating their time to come in and help me. I was buying all the materials. At the time, I was not an electrician, but guess what? <laughs> After that lesson, I, you are if now. You need it, yeah. If you need it wired up, guess what? Oh. Uh, so uh, after, I don't know, I think we were within a month, maybe two, uh, from opening the doors. They come to us and said, y'all got a week to get your stuff and get out. We, we're no. selling the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he literally Slap in the face. face. Yeah. I said, so what do I do with all the stuff that I've done? To, if you want it, take it out. Uh. Well, I know what a pair of wire dikes will do to it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, Pharaoh, I hate to tell you this. You know what I do for a living? You're an electrician. I'm a a fire inspector investigator. Oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) When you brought that up, I I don't want to tell him what I do. Trey, he said, who who, who do you do it with? Clarksdale Fire Department. I I actually turned turned in my retirement papers today, February 29th. I'm officially retired. (laughs) There you go. Well, get... and I mean, go ahead, Pharaoh. 
that I was gonna say, as long as you ain't in Simpson County, you good. Because <laughs> they, I tell you what, that what? they, it, that those those fellas over there, they something else. Look, Pharaoh, I learned from the guy that taught me, and and I was his assistant until he retired. I tell people all the time, I'm not here to fail you. I'm here for to work with you. But I go by the honor system. If you give me your word. I'm going to give you a chance to fix it and pass you anyway. But if I come back and you lied to me, I'm shutting you down. That's it. That is it. You know, and, and it was the funniest thing because, you know, the, even the, like the building inspector, that dude was a joke. And to this day, he's still a joke. Um, Same one? Uh, well, no, he actually ended up doing something else and i don't know what it, he's not the he's not an building inspector now good thing uh, yeah yeah so he uh he come in and he was like yeah that bathroom needs handicap this and blah 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 i was like that bathroom's been there for 30 years so how you you know so you gonna tell me that that I, now i've got to be the one to to upgrade it when the bathroom it was established 30 years ago I said, I come in and the bathroom was already there. So, well, uh, well, maybe we can wait on the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I had, yeah. I had a I had a lawyer uh, reach out to me. Uh, I, matter of fact, he proposed him and his girlfriend, well, his wife now, uh, actually come to the battle zone for the first date, and it was wild. That's so, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a trip, and he and he reached out to us, and he said, "Man, it would be so great uh, if I could propose to her where we had our first date." And I said, "Man, we, you know, we could do this. You know, that's not a problem." So, they, it was funny. Um, there for the finish of the match, the uh, I pulled powder. Uh, Babyface kicks it, blows it back in my eyes. I'm trying to see. Babyface rolls me up, gets the pin, one, two, three. Babyface, you know, uh, rolls out, gets the victory. I'm still in the center of the ring. I'm selling. I'm like, is there a lawyer in the house? I'm blind. I'm suing. And he jumps up. He says, yeah, I'm a lawyer. I said, come in. So he gets up in the ring, and I'm still selling. And he looks at it. You know, he's got the mic, and he looks at at his wife now and says, will you marry me? You know, it was, it was pretty, oh, wow. it was that, cool. That's pretty yeah. cool, man. That's pretty cool. Look, yeah. I wish I could have done that because I mean, that is awesome. I took my wife first year anniversary <laughs> of SmackDown. I knew she was a keeper, but that is <laughs> the best thing I've heard about a wedding proposal. So fair. Let me ask you this. You know, I was telling uh, Ashley and Trey that, about widow fest and i went there yes. back and that was actually the first time i ever saw the rock and roll express uh what are some of the people that you have gotten uh to y'all shows that are you know people really know about from tv uh we've had duggan uh james storm uh, uh that dude it's you have to excuse me uh because over time, your mind starts to wander. Too, uh, many, too many head bumps. Yeah. Uh, Bagwell, we've had Hornswoggle. We've had uh, uh, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, I've, Kamala, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, uh, who else, man? It's 
Hey, that's a uh, good list so far, Pharaoh. Look, BG James. Uh, the road dog. Uh, road, road dog, yeah. Road dog. He, this is when it was so funny. Uh, there's a buddy of mine in Florida. We, his name was Tiny, or we called him Tiny. And uh, he was messing with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling Road Dog, and we, me and Road Dog's gonna come up there, and we gonna do this, and we gonna do that, and blah blah blah. So whatever. He said, "No, I'm serious." So uh, that Friday night, he calls me. He says, I, "I'm I'm bringing Road Dog tomorrow night. I'm bringing him. I'm bringing him. I'm okay. Bring him. Come on." So they're at uh, their little cafe there in McGee called Zips, and they call me, and my mama says, oh, son, I got bad news. Road Dog didn't come. I said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> she said, well, come on up here and eat a hamburger. So I'll be by in, and they're sitting at the table, and they're laughing at me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I said, you saw her son of a gun. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, me and him tagged that night. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh Rodney Mac, we've had him. Uh, oh, Dad. okay. I hadn't heard that name in a while. Yeah, uh, Heidenreich. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that dude's a trip. He is. Okay, I got, I got a couple of stories for you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, well, dude, I'm first time I heard him was at Battle Zone Heidenreich because I'm like, is that Heidenreich? And he still looks great. I mean, he still has got his muscle and everything else, man. I'm so yeah. good to see him. He's. They yeah. told me he's living in Louisiana somewhere. Last time I heard anything, it was picking him. Okay. I think he was, yeah, he was down. And the dude had a a, a big old house uh, down there. They said it, what you, you know, you couldn't believe. But. <laughs> hey, hey, but yes, sir. Let me ask you this, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. If you had to say in the wrestling industry, who had the greatest impact on you growing up and why was they so impactful for you? Terry Taylor. And that's really? My, that's my, everybody knows that's my go-to guy. Okay, got you. Wait, 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 that's, wait. That's Terry, territory guy, man. Ter Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. Terry, Terry Taylor. Taylor. Okay, <laughs> just make Terry sure. Uh, that's cool, man. And, I was and, not expecting that, dude. I am so happy that you said that because that's yeah. one of the old territory guys, man. Can't can't fault you for that one. The dude. I mean, if you think about it, he had the look. Mm -hmm. uh, the vignettes that they that they build him, and I was I was little bitty, you know, and that was my guy, you know. He, they they when Mid South building, you know, they he had the look, had the women, had the cars, you know. He could have been, he could have been if they would have allowed it, because the dude was talented. Yes, uh, worker. If, oh, worker. He was worker. so smooth in the ring. So Workers smooth. worker. Yeah, if if he could have been, he could have been what Ric Flair is if they would have allowed him to. Actually, don't get mad. Pharaoh said that now since Ric Flair is your guy. I, 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 look, I do not have a problem with Terry Taylor at all. The guy was so smooth in the yes. ring. Hey, there was there wasn't really anything flamboyant about him. You yep. know, he, no. blue blue trunks or red trunks, usually blue boots or white boots. Just a, like a like a for lack of a better term a, a trucker's jacket, right? He was a good looking like, yeah, like, like like a satin jacket to the ring. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean his he there was not a flaw in his work whatsoever. Good looking Arn Anderson, man. That's what he was. And, and he could have pulled any woman out of that crowd that he wanted to. Hey, and do, and Pharaoh, I, I know um, you know you saying Terry Taylor, and you know we're talking and stuff. 
do you notice how I don't know if you follow it, but Peter and Ashley, I'm sure do so how some of these NXT wrestlers they credit Terry Taylor to Performance Center as their favorite coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, because the, the the guy's got it, you know. Yes. He's yeah. I mean, he 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 was the total package. That's he done an interview one time, and Ric Flair, he'd never wrestled Ric Flair before, and he he'd gotten him, you know, the on the card in the main event against Ric Flair. Uh, he said Ric Flair come in, looked like hammered. <laughs> yeah, you know, go figure. You know, he they said that his his pants was all unbuttoned, um, his hair was screwed up, his shirt was hung out. Just he had been on a bender all night long. Mm. He goes to his locker room, and Terry Taylor asked, "Hey, where's where's Rick at?" And they they pointed him. You know, pointed to the locker room. He's in the locker room. Terry Taylor knocked on the door. He said, Rick opened the door. Said, hey, kid, go get me a cup of coffee. He said, how could this, you know, this arrogant, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said he goes and gets him a cup of coffee and knocks on the door. And Rick opens it, pull, you know, pulls a coffee from his hand and says, all right, I'll see you out there. Wow. And he said he said they didn't talk about nothing. Oh, he said, called it in the ring. Yeah, Terry Taylor said he was so mad because he knew that this was in his mind. It was going to be a flop. He said it. He knew it. He was going to get out there and just look like hammered crap when he got out there. He says as soon as he got to the ring, he turned around and he's still fuming. And Ric Flair's music hits. Here he come. He said he was immaculate and said he'd never had a better wrestling match in his career. Than that night with Rick Flair. Boy, isn't it crazy how they could cut it on and off back then with their wild yeah. styles? Oh, brother, I got a guy. He is my Lex Luthor to Superman is to me. Uh, Chris Black. Dude, I can Black. tell you right now. M- me and him could go right now and not talk about nothing. We won't have we, we don't have to see each other or talk to each other in a month. You let you let me go to the ring and his music hits or vice versa, and we're going to go out there and we're going to tear it up. What makes y'all have that kind of chemistry, Flayra? Well, uh, when he first, he had been broke into business. He trained with Ken Jeffcoat. Okay. Uh, He had uh, been in probably about two years, and this was (laughs) – this is when uh, – this was when <laughs> I'm, I got to make myself clear because I don't want to step on no toes, but I don't care who I piss off at this point in my career. Hey, it's, hey, hey it's a, this is a safe place. Say what you got to say, man. All right. So SWA, not SWA now, SWA back in 2010, 11, somewhere around there. When, when did Katrina come through? Oh, 2005. Five, okay. Yeah. Okay, that that's how long it's been, 2005. <laughs> 19 years. Okay, so this guy, J.R. Anderson, comes, talks to the uh, trainer, or not the trainer, but the booker at the time. I still, you know, this is when 2005 is when I had had it, but I we kept Marvin Galloway on as the booker. Mm-hmm. So he comes to Marvin and, Tell you, hey, brother, we got this and we need, we're going to start a show and we want your guys and blah, blah, blah. And Marvin was like, okay. 
So we do his first one or two shows. The dude is blitzed out of his mind, <laughs> like drunk. Oh, yeah, y'all, y'all are great. Y'all are the best thing since sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. Y'all listen to Marvel. He'll take y'all places and rah, 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 rah. So it's like, look at you know, this is a, about an idiot, you know? <laughs> so we've done his shows for him. We got, we got paid. It wasn't nothing immaculate, you know, we got paid. Uh, so Katrina hit. He, we were supposed to do a show the weekend after Katrina hit, but I mean, everything was still all jacked up. Two or three, four, five months passed, didn't hear nothing from him. And I, well, you know, we even asked Marvel, we was like, hey man, you heard from J.R. Anderson? No, we ain't heard nothing from him. Well, it, all of a sudden, there was a show pop up, SWA Warzone. And we was like, this SOB, you know, how, how do you, uh, how do you mimic, you know, they were in Hattiesburg, we were up in McGee, it was like, how do you mimic, you know, you got NWA, at the time we were NWA affiliates, then Bill Barron's done what he done, and they all got sued, and the guys pulled all the affiliates from everybody, so then we just went battle zone. So then he started, you know, J.R. Anderson's calling himself SWA Warzone. And uh, he had a guy that was down there, uh, Ron Horn, that was his booker. So when about three or four years, SWA was dying uh, because of uh, quality, I, w I would say. I mean, the guys, the guys were – you know, the guys was doing their thing, you know. Uh, but as far as the just the quality of how it was being ran, you know, uh gotcha. You you can have the best workers in the world, but if the if the if the business isn't producing then uh you know, you, you're gonna fail. So anyway, uh, Ron Horn had squashed some heat that was there. Uh because they were, I can't exactly remember what it was. Uh, Ron Horn, we had let him go for something. Maybe it was drinking or just being obnoxious, something he was doing. Anyway, we let him go. He squashed the heat. So he brought in Chris Black. He called me and he said, Hey, man, I've got these kids that come up. So uh, as soon what the night that I met Chris Black, as soon as he walked through the door, I turned around and I said, well, I'll just be damned. Who let Jimmy Wang Yang in the building? Like, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and, dude, it was funny because they didn't understand him and uh, Eric Black. Uh, they, them two didn't understand psychology, how to put a match together. They could work, but it wasn't great. It was, it was sloppy. So they were still there. They were still SWAs at the time, tag team champions. Well, they were sporting them high and mighty and proud, and they screwed up. They lit me on a live mic one night. Wanted, you know, well, we'll come out and we'll promo with you. I said, I don't think y'all want to do that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll cut the promo and y'all cut the promo. Well, the first thing I said was, I said, I see y'all are world champions. I said, did y'all just get off the plane from, in, from being in Tokyo with them two belts right there? And they looked at me uh, with this – I can't believe he just did this. So, <laughs> uh, so as as it rocked on, 
I had to show Chris Black, and we go out to the ring one night, and we're wrestling, and he is tearing me apart. I ain't had a lick of offense. He pins me. He thought he did something great. He didn't get the first reaction. I said, no. I said, "Uh, what was that all about? What do you mean? I said, I didn't get no shine. Didn't get no hope spot. Didn't get nothing. What was that all about? Oh, oh. I said, you didn't get no reaction. You didn't get what you was looking for, now, did you? Oh, oh. I said, well, maybe we start putting matches together like they're supposed to be, and, you know, we can do business. It's Shakespeare, man. It's Shakespeare. It is. It is. And he, you know, he, over the years, me and him has worked, but we know that, and that's the thing. It's almost like I groomed him to be my heel, you know? Good, good deal. Uh, Good deal. And I, he, uh, I could see that, too, because I've heard him, you know, I've heard you in the ring talking. You always get a great crowd reaction. And, and Chris Black is such a good heel. He makes it personal to all the fans. My daughter always gives it to him. But he gives it right. <laughs> and he does yeah, yeah. It's so fun. Because yeah. one thing about your show, and I tell people this all the time, I'm like, you got to come to an independent show, Battle Zone or something like that. You know, they even asked me, you going to WWE? Now, Ashley wanted me to go. We've had tickets that were about $11 for fifth row. But I said, you know, I just don't want to go because paying $15 for front row at Battle Zone was so much fun. And I asked my 10-year-old daughter, I said, what do you like going to better? Because I took her to, you know, SummerSlam. She said, the experience you have with wrestlers. And that is something that Chris Black, you have, as well as others, had just made it phenomenal because people don't right. understand it's the same product that you see on tv like you said earlier you just don't have all the fireworks and the cameras and everything else but it is pure wrestling at its form right right and, and that's what it is you know and then we you know that's like me and the guys uh from the swa now so so i go over there and i work with them guys great bunch of guys you know they accepted me like family because at the time, because SWA has been through three or four different hands. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I never worked. For, okay, there was a J.R. Anderson SWA. J.R. Anderson sold it to Steve Starr. I never worked for Steve Starr. Don't have a clue why. To this day, I still don't know why. Well. But then, but then uh, Steve Starr sold to Lanny Nixon. Lanny Nixon sold to Josh Overstreet. So I work with the Overstreets, uh, which Monty and Calvin, uh, you know, they, they, they're the behind the scene guys now. You know, it, you very rarely will see Monty or Calvin wrestle like once in a, a year, maybe, you know, uh, which I learned a lot from those guys. You know, when I first broke in, they had been in the business three or four years. And I learned a lot from those guys. Now, uh, that's my, uh, Marvelous Monty Warbucks. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, Ashley, I don't know if you've seen. Ashley went to a show at Richland, so he's only been one time with me. But he is a, he's actually a high school football coach, and he's a big guy. And, I, Pharaoh, did he play, like, Division One football somewhere? Because, I mean, he looked. I, I, I want to say he played. Uh, him and Calvin played ball. Uh, but – I, I mean, it was when they were fresh out of high school or something like that. 
uh, college maybe. Uh, they didn't – if they did go to college, it wasn't long. Uh, but, I mean, they've – when I was 24, Monty's not too much older than me, He and which he had been in the business, like I said, three or four years since he was 18, 19 years old. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think – I think he – I think both of them were out of high school wrestling. See, and Monty, it reminds me of just his agility, like Eric from the Viking Raiders, if you watch WWE, because he's so big, but he could still, I mean, he can flip. I mean, oh, he can he, move. Yeah. A couple times do that. And it's just amazing to watch it. Not, and he also wears pink and he has a flare uh, robe and can just work that crowd. And that is something that yeah. is so much fun to see is the, the action between the crowd and, and the wrestlers. Hey, Pharaoh. Yes, sir. Here's one for you. It's, it's a one or the other question, just one or the other. I'm going to give you two words. You tell me which one you prefer. All right. Baby face or heel? Baby face. Gotcha. Why? Why? It, 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 I guess I'll, I, I don't know if it's a complex that I have, but I'll, <laughs> I try to make everybody in life, in life, like me, you know, and I don't, I don't know why. Uh, that would make for a perfect heel, man. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing though. I, if I can heal, but yeah. it, people don't want to heal me. I don't know what it is, but people do not want to heal me. You're, they, you're, they, the, you're the independent MJF. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they they don't want to heal me, and there's a lot of stuff that I'll do that people get a kick out of. Like, uh, you know, when I'm over in the SWA promotion, I'm heel over there. Okay. But when I first got there, I was I was a heel. You know, I was a heel. But now I'm over there, and I'm there. The you know, I'm doing I do certain stuff. And if I don't do it, they get mad. You know, they're like, well, why don't you do that? You know, blah, 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 blah. Your, your work has won them over, so to speak. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, if they don't see it, they're expecting it. If they don't see it, you know. It's almost uh, a disappointment for them. Yeah. You, you know, I, I could see that, too, because when you come in, you know, you have – I've never heard the song Jigga Juice until <laughs> everybody started playing. Everybody's dancing. <laughs> And you're just yeah. over there dancing with them. I mean, you have the fans and everything else. And it is like, I mean, it's goosebumps there for about two minutes. And if I missed that, I'd be pretty upset, too. So I can understand <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, and you talk about the interest music, Peter and Pharaoh. Um, you know, Peter just talked about yours. Jigga Juice, I've never been there, so I don't know. Uh, Peter actually sent, was that the song you sent me, Peter? said, check it out. That's the one that my daughter's been doing a dance to that she saw for the last three weeks. (laughs) Got it. Well, Pharaoh, how important do you feel a performance interest music really is for that character? Oh, if uh, music is everything, music is it, it, it it all ties in like it's an ingredient to making spaghetti. Yes. You know, it, it all, you could have the best look. You could have the best walk. You could have the best work rate. You could whatever, but if you miss that ingredient, it all falls apart. It don't. It, it like spaghetti. It don't taste the same. You what, know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what what I agree with you. What made you choose this particular? Is that like your kind of music you listen to, or you just said this sounds cool? 
Well, <laughs> what, growing up, um, Michael Jackson was, you know, beat it, thriller, then run DMC, gotcha. and then you had you had Aerosmith, then run DMC, but done walk this way, and then you had the Fat Boys, and then when the 90s come out, you had Dr. Dre, you had Snoop Dogg. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. And it just evolved from there. Uh, I listened to a, 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 a variety of music, but uh, that come about, I was using uh, Hip Swing. And then, you know, I'd been through like two or three different musics. You know, I even had a guy personally do my music, and it just to me after so long it just didn't fit yeah and i was like you know i just don't you know so uh guy that wrestled with us he's he don't wrestle with us no more uh or he 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 retired uh he says hey you ought to come out to jigger juice and i says what in the world (laughs) is that i never heard it you know so he put it on for me and I said, you know, I'm I'm gonna try that. So I started using it, and Chris Black at the time had little tassels around his boots. He said, "You ought to start wearing tassels. I'll, I'll quit wearing them if you start wearing them." And I said, "I just don't know, you know, because I was in a singlet. I looked like hammered hell. Uh, <laughs> I, dude, I did. That's the that is the hardest part." Uh, that back then it was the hardest part because you don't find seamstress uh a good seamstress anymore right um you know they're hard to come by uh so uh i you know i and i made all my i made my tassels i made my arm sleeves i made i've made the tassels that you see me wearing now uh but uh i you know put on the tassels and the, the my arm tassels they were like cut them off and i was like that don't look right makes me look like damn tarzan or something you know <laughs> right right so i left the tassels long and uh so when i when i started to involve evolve into the character that you see now uh i you know with the leg pop i had the long hair uh uh the little beard with the goatee, the little thin beard with the goatee, the leg popping, the twerking, you know. Dude, I've had – there was one night I'm in the battle zone. I don't mean to break subject, but I'm in the battle zone one night, and one of the guys said, hey, Pharaoh. I said, yeah. I said, he said, oh, them women are waiting for you. <laughs> he said, they all got dollar bills. And I said, dollar bills? I said, I said, okay. So I go out and they start flashing. My music hits, lights are flashing and they're waving. So they somebody pops the lights on. And so they were like, twerk, twerk. So I start <laughs> twerking around the guardrail. As I'm twerking, there's stuff in money. Dude, I get to the locker room after the match. I got all these ones and fives and tens. I which I wear a singlet and I wear compression shorts. I wear compression shorts, singlet, and then my tights, my long tights. So I pull my long tights down, dude. There was like 60 bucks in <laughs> bills fall out of my tights, and everybody's hollering, 
I can't believe you just did that. You should have told him my name's Pharaoh. I'm here to work. <laughs> you, you, didn't, you didn't need a gimmick table that night, did you? That's right. No, I'd say absolutely not. Dude, I didn't start having a gimmick table until two or three years. No, two or three months ago, matter of fact. Well, well let me tell you, uh, uh, Trey and I, like Peter said earlier, grew up in Clarksdale. Uh, so we grew up on uh, Channel 5 Memphis Wrestling with Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And man, when they would make their run through North Mississippi, and they would come to Clarksdale, probably about every other month, I guess. Uh, man, they they had their gimmick table set up right. Of course, we were young, and mm-hmm. dad would, dad would give each of us a five dollar bill, and we'd go down to the gimmick table and straight to <laughs> straight straight to I'd go straight to Jerry Lawler's table, and I'd buy the same stupid little five by seven picture every other month. You had fourteen and, of them. And, and he'd sign it for why I got the same one every time. I don't know. Every time. He's not lying, Pharaoh and Peter. He would do that stupid crap. That's funny. Well, but that I, is funny. Hey, let me ask you a question. So, you know, you've been in the business for 22 years. What are some of the injuries that you've uh, accumulated over time? All right. Uh, me and Monty was wrestling one night, and he lays a ladder on top of me. And this is what they call a hard way. He laid the ladder on top of me, and he di- he dove like like a uh, centon over the ladder. And when he landed, I wasn't thinking at the time because he was jumping from right to left. Well, I picked my right hand up to cover my face. And the left side of that ladder goes, slop, yeah. Ooh. And I, I raised up, and he said, move your hand, because he seen blood. You're bleeding. You're bleeding. The referee said, I'm calling the match. I said, if you call the match, I'm getting up. I'm, I'm beating you if you call this match. <laughs> uh, let's see. I've had a – I don't know what, what, it, what it was. We were, we were training one night. And and this we wasn't even at a show. We was training one night, and uh, older brother said, "Yeah, let's, let's show these boys how to do the hurricanrana." And I was like, "I don't do the hurricanrana. <laughs> it's easy, just a flip bump." I was like, "I don't." So, I he talked me into it. Him and his him and his his stepson at the time. So I grabbed the kid. He wraps up, you know puts his legs around my head he goes to fold back but when he folds back he grab he like i don't know if he grabs or how he got tangled up in my legs but when i went to jump there wasn't no jump and i landed like between my head and my shoulder on the mat boom Hmm. and i it knotted up and i rolled there for a minute i got up i go home he said where are you going i said i'm going home so it nagged me for about two or three months and me and my younger brother was in a match. And my dad had to reinforce the wall because they kept throwing everybody into it. <laughs> so Sounds like the gamble household when I was little. <laughs> he, he got two – what is it? It's not it's – not, um, it's not plywood. It's Deep thicker rock. than plywood. It's no, it wasn't sheetrock, dude. This was like, what do they make speaker boxes out of? Big old thick. It wasn't press board. This stuff was thick and heavy. God Almighty, it was heavy. So he got two pieces, stacked them on top of each other, and drilled them into the studs. Had that gone 
three and a half, four inch screws. He drilled oh, them Lord. in. So my little brother, he whips me in to the. We were on the outside. He whips me in, gonna throw me into the wall. Well, he didn't let me go, and that shoulder hit the and which it was. I was still having problems out of it. He didn't let me go, and I'm, you know, he's got my hand. And when he did let me go, it was too late. I smacked that wall, boom, into the shoulder. It popped, and it like a you know I was healed. <laughs> you know, it, it was crazy. It was wild. Uh, let's see. I took a spine buster probably about a month ago. That it was pretty bad. Mm. I was actually remember I just said about Monty and Calvin. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, working well. It was that time of the year for for Monty to work. I was uh, me and a guy named Samson Richards was in the in a match with Monty Woolbucks and uh, uh, Ryan Hodge. So the finish, the whole finish was you know me to get slapped. You'd have to have uh, have known the whole story. But anyway, I get slapped, get thrown in. He calls for a spine buster. Well, when I got slapped. I couldn't hear nothing because they hit me in the ear. Boom. I I rolled to Ryan Hodge and I said, Hey man, I can't hear nothing. He said, That's okay. Take spine buster. So he throws me in. I roll up. I said, All right, man, I can't hear nothing. He said, It's all right, baby, spine buster. Let's go home. <laughs> so he whips me in, takes the spine buster. He gets excited and he over rotates me. So mine is 330 pounds. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So he over rotates me and lands on my leg. Well, immediately I'm like, I thought, you know, a groin injury. And he's, and I thought maybe he had dislocated my hip from the socket. I'm laying there and I'm like, oh, he said, did I get you? And I said, yeah. So the guy went to drag me out and I said, don't grab that leg. He pulls me. He didn't realize I was hurt. We get to the locker room and it wasn't up in my gut at the time and he says uh just go home put ice on it let me know how you're doing well dude that sunday i didn't get up uh i laid there with ice all day in the nether regions and my wind yeah it was bad so my wednesday from the the top of my knee up my groin on my right side was like this raisin purple bro it was bad uh it took me about a month to get over that please um, and, and i hate to be even knife at shot by samson because he's he's humongous and that's, that's oh yeah oh my gosh he's he's about six foot eight and he is well over 300 pounds i mean yeah. i would hate to see him in a dark alley so anything that that they're they're taking by that guy is got to be painful Oh, yeah. Yeah, and his hands are huge, you know. I mean, he's got big old hands. And he's a big old thick, girthy boy, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Well, Pharaoh, so, you know, we know WWE wrestlers, you know, they make big money and all this stuff. What is the pay like for independent wrestlers? Like, how do y'all go about doing that? It, it depends. If you travel uh, – if you travel, you can – you could make decent. You're not gonna make a living out of it. Yeah. I've seen too many too many people try. You know, unless you're comfortable with sleeping in your car or sleeping on a park bench or sleeping out in front of a venue or something like that. You know, uh, I I knew 
that where I was that in I, in my life I knew at that point I wasn't going to WWE. Right. For one, I wasn't tall enough, you know, and I wasn't three hundred pounds. Back in the big the big guy days, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that was Vince McMahon and his, you know, this is, I want big girthy guys. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the sad thing about it is a lot of those guys can't move like you would expect them to, you know? That's true, that's true. Uh, Look at Goldberg. They, they, he was faking it until he made it the whole time. And he was exposed with Brock Lesnar, uh, which, which Brock could work. Now, I'm not going to take nothing away from Brock. Yeah, he's uh, a beast for real. That's why they call him that. Yeah, Angle brought it out of him, you know. Yes, uh, yes, good point. But, you know, uh, Goldberg couldn't work his finger up his butt. Uh, <laughs> just like, you know. And I'm, you know, I never met Hulk Hogan a day in my life. Hulk Hogan was an entertainer. Then he, then he wasn't right because his first two years in the business, he had a broke leg, you know? Yep. Uh, but, and that's what, back on that thing earlier, before I forget again, uh, you was talking about crowd interaction. Uh, uh-huh. how, how, you know, as far as the independent scene, it, it's the funny thing because, like I was saying, SWA now, you know, they, uh, the Overstreets has got it. Like I said, they're great people. They, they accepted me like family. Um, uh, but uh, they draw houses. You know, the last show this past Saturday night, we was in Calhoun, Mississippi, a uh, little community outside of Law, uh, down Highway 84, uh, drew 500 people. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'll get back on the page here in just a second. So me and the boys was in the locker room talking, and they, uh, we, they was like uh, – Man, Battle Zone crowd is is hard. And I said, Yeah. I said, You know why? He goes, Why? I said, Because we get our seventy five to one hundred and twenty fans that you know come to the shows. I said, You got five hundred fans that are out there that are, you know, and I'm not taking away they these the SWA does great for their community okay uh but so i don't want this misconstrued by if in case they hear this uh they they do they're 100 fundraisers okay so that's how and this jones jones county is just weird <laughs> i've never seen it at any other place it can't be done jones county has got that community that where they all stick together you see you know what i mean yeah hey free state uh, jones they were the only ones that you know during the civil war i mean that makes sense yeah yeah so uh so they do you know they do fundraisers they get their cut the folks that they're doing the fundraisers for get their cut you know so everybody's happy you know and the boys are ecstatic because they're wrestling in front of anywhere from three to five six seven hundred fans so, and I told him, I was like, when you're in the battle zone and you go out and you're in front of that crowd, you have to work. Mm-hmm. That's, this will cut you a fine line between being a worker and not being a worker. Because I can guarantee you, I can walk out here with my thumb in my rump 
and I can get them to pop. I said, you go to battle zone, you, they, you, it, you can't question their intelligence because you're going to have to work for, for that pop, you know? And they was like, yeah, man, it, it, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I can go out in front of 500 people and not do nothing. I can blow my nose in front of 500 people, you know, and they're going to pop. But when you got a, a crowd like that, which I've wrestled in front, listen, this is Bay Springs, Mississippi. I've, I've, I've got witnesses to this. All right. <laughs> For for some reason, somebody didn't get to advertise them and out the weekend, the week, the two weeks before the show. I found out they got the advertisement out the day before the show. Oh wow! I said, guys, y'all really honestly believe that this is going to work? Well, we got to we we tried to get the word out. I was like, why why did y'all wait so late? Well, uh, we, we had other things to do, and we, we just bubble. I, I I was like, okay. All right, we're still going to do this. So we show up. It's 6 o'clock. You know, I mean, which we're there. It's 6 o'clock. There's one fan in the parking lot. So I told, I said, Mom, you might need to get on the phone and start turning all you guys around that you hadn't booked. Okay. So she gets on the phone because I wasn't about to do it. I wasn't catching heat for that. Right. Uh, you know, because a lot of the guys, bell times, 7 o'clock, a lot of the guys could start strolling in 6, 6.30. So there was about three or four of us that showed up. And uh, there was a guy that sat in the front row. Matter of fact, we was pallbearers at his funeral. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So we actually wrestled. To us, it was goofing off, but we actually wrestled for this man that night and offered to give him his money back, and he wouldn't take it. So, and we already paid the rent on the building. So, I can honestly say I wrestled in front of one person. Wow. <laughs> hey, 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 but here's the thing even by doing that, he paid for a show. He did. He did. He honestly did. And, and that's, you know, uh, that and that's what we do. Uh, as far as my older brother will argue up and down. He Pharaoh's not a wrestler; he's an entertainer. But, but where 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 does that where does that where do you draw that line at? You know what I mean? Good point. Mm -hmm. Good point. You know, and I've tried to tell him. I'm like, dude, I get out here and I bust my ass every time I'm in this ring. If you if you want to argue that point, look at the reaction of the fan. Well, you're an entertainer. I'm like, bro, just because I know how to work a gimmick don't mean that I don't know how to wrestle either, you know? I mean, well, come on. Well, let me ask you this, Pharaoh. Next time he says that, he say, well, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, a wrestler or entertainer, he only had a certain select group of moves. That was it. That's it. That's but Stone it. Cold I, was a wrestler. Yeah. See, I had this explained to me the best way, it, the best I'd ever heard it in my life. And if anybody takes anything away from this, if they hear it, if you got WWE and mm -hmm. Vince comes up to you and says, all right, kid, I'm going to pay you $100 million, <clears throat> but you've got 100 bumps. All right. I'm no, I'm sorry. 
I'll take that back. I'm going to pay you $10,000 a show, but you got a hundred bumps. Okay. All right. <clears throat> After that hundred bump, your contract is done. You're out of the WWE. Okay. Right? Follow you. Follow. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I'm getting paid $10,000 a show. All right. Mm-hmm. I got a hundred bumps. I'm gonna have thirty second matches to take one bump. You're gonna knock me out. And we're gonna get pinned. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a hundred matches and make ten thousand dollars a match. I tried to tell these guys, these young guys, because they said they've done a they've done statistics. I don't I, I don't know <laughs> statistics. My ass. No 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 no. Check this out. I've heard that statistic statistically, when you take a bump in a ring, it's like having a car wreck at thirty mile an hour every time you do that. Don't take okay. don't they call what y'all have bump cards. Yeah. You got, like you only have so many bumps <laughs> on your bump card, then you're done. Yeah, bump card. Okay. So uh, back uh, 2001, 2000, no, 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 t- 2021, 2020, 2021. I'm at work. I'm driving down the road, right? Mm-hmm. I'm coming from Meridian, about Newton. I come around a 18 wheeler. Well, I come around the 18 wheeler. I'm on. Uh, 20, doing 74 miles an hour, minding my own business by myself. I look up in my rear view, here comes a set of headlights. About that time, I couldn't think or react to it. Boom, I get hit. It shoots me down in the road. It, he hits me. The guy hits me so hard, it pops his trunk. Oh, wow. The Yeah, so the highway patrol, everybody was wondering how, why I wasn't dead. There was three people that asked where I was, and I'm standing right there looking at them. You know, hey, I'm standing right here. Uh, the highway patrol estimated his speeds at 120 mile an hour. Oh, good God. Yeah. So the guy, you know, the guy goes to jail, uh, reckless driving, blah, blah, blah. But if imagine, dude, and I can tell you, I felt like crap for about a week because of the impact, you know, getting hit at 120 mile an hour. So somebody that's not used to it should be able to. You know, can only imagine how it feels to get hit doing 30, you know. And you imagine you do that three or four, five, six, seven, eight times, you know. Uh, You've seen mine and Chris Black's matches. That's It's a bump fest out there between Mm -hmm. both, you know. Boom, 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 boom. So, you know, it's – So, I've never seen y'all favorite. Y'all just bump and feed the whole match to each other? Uh, pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, 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 you know, we have our rest spots, but I mean, it's, uh, when, between, when, when we're in the ring with each other, it's a clinic, you know? Right. And, and I'm listening to him, you know, and I've, I've always put my trust into him to go out there and let's, let's call the match. You know, I let him, let him handle 90% of it. Uh, if I get an idea in my head, I'll say, hey, let's do this real quick. And he's like, okay. You know, uh, so this is the guy, Chris Black, the one you said you had the best chemistry with. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, got yeah. I just want to make sure I'm following because I'm writing down some of the stuff you're saying. I want to make sure I'm putting my notes in the right place so I can look back over them after we get done with the cast. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a thoroughly good time tonight, guys. Brother, look, I mean, I could do this three or four times. You know what the funny thing about it is, is – there was a guy that's got the King of Wrestling podcast. Okay, he's um, he owns AWA now. It's uh, Brandon Turner. <laughs> he would have folks. He would uh, 
he'd blah, 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 you know, half folks. He'd call this one, that one, this one, that one, blah, 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 blah. And he'd come to the Battle Zone show and, yeah, man, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I'm the King of Rest podcast. And, and uh, I'm like, okay, you know, that's great. Uh, and he never would put me on the show. And I, I'd gotten my bait of him, you know, or not of him, of of him going around me. And he was like, I was like, you know, I'll tell you what. I, I said, I'll tell you what, Brandon Turner. I said, I will never do your little podcast. Why? I said, because you've asked everybody and their brother to do your silly little podcast. I said, now, all of a sudden, you want me up on your podcast? I said, yeah, I guess you want your ratings to go up or something? Hey, oh, hey there I, you go. Hit it with the hardness. Yeah, he goes, oh, pimp. Oh. I said, no, no, don't, no. Don't give me that mess, man. You know, dude, and there's you, there's so much like I could sit and say what's wrong with the business. And, and I'll be the first to tell you, honest to goodness, I hate the wrestling business. What? I do. I do, brother. I do. All right, I'm confused as hell now, dude. You, you hate it, the business of the business. Yeah. Yes. Okay, got you. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Yes. Yes, I you know as far as wrestling fans and the reaction I can get out of them and and whatnot and the, and the you know the fellowship with the boys and stuff, but as far as the the politics and oh, the yeah, that I, I follow, I follow you now. Yes, absolutely, dude. I hate it with a passion. There was sometimes I would just hate to go to shows because because I knew that you know there was going to be something that goes on and you know and it 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 like. Like I said, politics, brothers, is one of the one of the worst things. The internet's probably one of the worst things uh, of of wrestling too. You know, yes. Uh, because you got you got guys that'll get up in there and try to work an angle on Facebook, and I'm like, how stupid do y'all look? Exactly. You know, only one of them's in on the angle. <laughs> Right, you know, and I'm like, come on, y'all, you know, I mean, post a video or, or something like that, you know, do something, if it's part of a show, that's fine, that's like this cat from uh, OW, uh, I don't know where he's from, OWO, maybe, or, no, it may not be OW, I don't know, anyway, he's, he, this kid, <laughs> he's, uh, he's got it out for Chris Black, because he, smoked Chris Black in the solar plexus, knocked the air out of him, and Chris Black signed a couple of receipts and gave it back to him. Well, the kid was green. And you you have to be a little rough. Now, I don't, I'm not saying to beat the hell out of somebody because you. this is a business that you instill your trust into somebody. And once you break that trust, then you can you can garnish a lot of unnecessary heat on you, you know. Uh, and people don't. So if you just you either do what I am. I said, and people don't want to work with you either. So you have no shows, mm -mm. right? So if you just out there taking liberties, just beating up on people, you know, I I don't care for that. No, I I will not have that. Definitely will not have that part of my show. Uh, right, right, gotcha. You know, and. Uh, Peter, you was there when I worked uh, El Pollo Loco uh, that Saturday night, wasn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, you was there. Started screaming, chop him! 
yeah. Because so, my, my buddy that was next to me, uh, he brought his uh, three sons, and uh, he was like, man, look at his chest. I mean, they were amazed, and, I mean, you were giving it to him. Yeah, I was giving it to him, and I told him, I was like, all right, kid, I said, it's do or die time. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, we're fixing the, you're fixing the iron nest. You know, you are honestly going to earn it. We're gonna see where where we where we where we're gonna draw this line in the sand. I said, "You ever seen that?" He says, "So what are we gonna do?" I said, "You ever seen a Gunther match on, on WWE?" <laughs> oh my God! You did not do that to that poor kid, dude. He did. and he he said he said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I'm Gunther tonight." Oh he said, no! Okay. He says, "Okay," and I mean, it was, dude. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we kept it. That's what I try to explain to some of these kids too. And then it wasn't because I was beating up on the kid. Dude, dude, um, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not. But did did we not have those folks eating out of the palm of our hand? Oh, there's no doubt. It was a title match, and I mean, everybody was up on their feet. It was about it was uh, right before the main event. But to me, that was the main event because it was such a good match. It had you believing. Thank you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Peter, you and Pharaoh were talking about it. It was the match before the main event. You know what? You know what they uh, told CM Punk when he left WWE. Said I never main evented WrestleMania. They said you bastard, the Undertaker at WrestleMania. You were in the main event, whether you're the final <laughs> match or not. That's very right, right. And those guys, you know, and and that's what I was. That 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 is what I was shooting for, because you know, when you got when you got more heads into something that you don't need. And you know, you you try to explain, and I can show you better than I can explain it to you. So, you know, it match placement is a big thing as far as uh, the old school way. Because if you got guys that are out there just for the sake of having matches, you know, you 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 either you're a spot filler or you're part of an angle. You know what I mean? But you know, uh, Pharaoh, y'all always tell stories in the ring. That's what I really. That's yeah. the most important thing about a good wrestling match is the storytelling aspect, mm-hmm. the Shakespeare right. of it all. Right, right. And that was one of the first things that my trainer picked up on. And he said that I've done well. He said, "Man, you got the psychology." And at the time, I didn't understand what he was talking about. And as I progressed, you know, I started picking up, you know, as far as the uh, telling a story, uh, and me and. Uh, me and uh, Saturday night, me and Hillbilly had a match. We didn't do a whole lot. Uh, we were we were telling the story that he's six. Uh, he's I don't know how big Hillbilly is, like six eight, six nine. I'm five six, five seven. You're that short. And, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So, Peter didn't tell me all this. Yeah. I yeah, don't have to well, when you make good matches, and I'm not trying to. Hey, 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 don't I'm not saying you're short like Hornswoggle short, but Hornswoggle put on a show, brother. It's oh, all about will. what you do in the ring, baby. It's all about what you present. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, him being so big, there's not a whole lot realistically that would be believable need to do to him. So, uh, you know, we, we'd all talked about it, and it was like, well, you know, you you need to run from him. I'm like, well, I, what I do best, you know, when I'm a heel, that's what I do best. I'm a cowardly heel. I'll sit and talk, 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 talk. But 
when it's time to do business, I'm running, you know? And when we told the whole aspect that at the beginning, I didn't want to get in the ring with him. And then uh, every time he'd done something, I powdered out and stretched that count out as far as I could go. And then finally, I just couldn't do it no more. And I was running. So for the finish, I dipped out under the ring, which he knew that if he couldn't pin me in the ring, that he wasn't going to win. So I'm crawling my way to the locker room, and he caught me. So when he grabs me by the legs, we're up to like seven at that time. He's outside the ring. I'm outside the ring. So I'm clawing and scratching, and I'm like, no, let me go. Help. And I grab this lady's chair, and he starts pulling even harder. So the chair started to come with me. I'm like, oh, God, he's fixing to pull this chair out from under this lady. We can't go back to the ring because we're supposed to get counted out. So the lady looks at me, and here comes these little kids trying to pry my fingers off the chair, and I'm screaming. So we get counted out, and we get to the locker room, and uh, well, yeah, we were talking, hey, man, great storytelling. Yeah. And I love the fact, again, it's the fan intervention in that. You know, I've seen before yeah. – just wrestlers getting there throwing chairs. I mean, the old nightmare Jeremiah scaring everybody in the whole thing because it's yeah. so, it's so good having kids, but at the same time, adults appreciate it. That's what you bring with your product. You know, it's for everybody. Right. Right. And, you know, we're, we're edgy, you know, we're, we're edgier than some, uh, uh, Chris Black, I've had to, you know, ask him, Hey man, you know, we're, we got to change with the times and that's what, you know, that, and that's what I've tried to explain to everybody too. And they, you know, um, they're like, well, we need to bleed. I'm like, why? I'm like, don't you understand who the market leader is? Well, WWE is. And I was like, did you see them bleed? Good point. No. I'm like, we got to follow the, we, we, they are the trendsetter. We got to follow the trend. Well, don't you, you also, know? Pharaoh, when when you when you say bleed, get color or whatever the term is in the industry, doesn't it yeah, lo- doesn't yeah. it lose its purpose if you do it all the time? Uh, depends. Uh, like like John Moxley and AEW bleeds every week. I don't yeah. care if he bleeds now. Right, right, right. Yeah, that you have a point. We used to have a guy like that. We had to end up firing. Uh, because he wanted to bleed. And I told him, I'm like, bro, don't color tonight. I, I look up and he's out there and he's bleeding. I was like, bro, don't color tonight. And he's bleeding. I was like, look, just don't come back. You know, I mean, you can't listen. Uh, but yeah, it, it, when, when they stop coloring and if, if you, you won't see them color in WWE no more. Uh, it, if you do, it's a hard way. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's an accident waiting to happen. Exactly. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it's we, – we have to evolve wherever WWE, whichever direction they go in, and I hate to say it, uh, we have to kind of follow that trend. And, and like I said, we're, we're more of – we're kind of a little edgier uh, uh, with some of the stuff, you know, like uh, Chris Black would say – they, you know, the fan would say, you'd suck. And he'd say, yeah, and your mom swallows. Oh, oh we, God. You know, we kind of got a, we kind of got a, you know, I was like, hey, man, or, you know. Boundaries I, here, I, boundaries. 
Right, and I've let him get away with uh, 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 you. You know, they'll say something, and he'll say, "Well, why don't you ask your wife?" You know, I'll let him get away with with that. But you know, it uh, which hey, we well, ain't never. The, the next, the next time you're in the ring against uh, Chris Black, and somebody yells at him that he sucks, before Chris Black can respond with anything. You jump in and say, "Yeah, but he never swallows." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the perfect. You interrupt his comeback with one insult, and it's even worse. Uh, that's even funny. I'm, I'm gonna do that. Hey, hey Pharaoh, I got, that. I got one last one for you guys. If y'all don't mind, I got one last one on my list that I wanted to ask you. All right. How did you come up with your ring name, Pharaoh Funk? Tell me the story. All right. Please please tell us your Terry Funk's illegitimate son. Yes, please. Your daughter's cousin, like from the the mama's side or something. No, if it wasn't for, I was almost Iranian. What? Oh, no. Yes. Yes. Because you look Iranian. (laughs) Yeah. If the picture I saw of you, you look like Damien Sandow from a distance. Wow, that's funny. I've, I, I, and I've got one of those faces that I, I look like somebody, you know. That's like, uh, you look like uh, mm-hmm. Brian Daniels or, you know. And I'm like, do you not understand I am older than him? <laughs> so I've had, I've had this face first, so he looks like me. You know, and that's right. Yeah, you got a point. You know, but I'm just curious, man. The name is when Peter told me we were interviewing you and Ashley contacted me and everything, and and the way you spell it. F A R O eight. Look, yeah, I okay. actually sent Peter. Peter, you remember this last week when you told me I sent you this correct spelling of Pharaoh? I said, You mean to type this? Yeah, it took him 30 <laughs> minutes on Facebook to find you. <laughs> I, I typed in the PH Pharaoh like the Egyptian Pharaohs. Right, right, right. It, yeah, and I have to call some of the bookers and be like, Hey, you need to change that name on the <laughs> It's F A R O eight. Love it. Yeah, so. There was a, we're sitting around, it was me, my older brother, and my younger brother, there again, which my younger brother was Psycho, uh, my older brother's Jesse Dalton, uh, that's ring names, uh, so we're sitting around the living room, or my older brother's living room one day, and we're just sitting there, was thinking of ring names, it's like, I said, i tell you what, I said, uh, I want to be something of fun. And I was thinking, thinking, thinking. I said, how about the Sultan of Funk? My older brother said, what? Sultan? Said that? Yeah. Okay. Sultan. Making sure you, you know, said like, what I thought you said. Yeah. Like the Sultan of Funk. You know? And he's like, what? That don't sound right. Like that's Iranian. And I was like, yeah, maybe it is. So, <laughs> he's, so he's looking online and he sees there was this costume. It was a Halloween costume. And it says King Strut on it. And it says King Strut. And I was like, yeah, but that just, I don't know. I mean, that don't sound like a, like a name. I mean, that sounds, you know. Like he's like, yeah, he's like, how about the Pharaoh of Funk? Like that. I was like, I was like, I don't know. I still kind of like the Sultan more. And he goes, He's like, think about it. He says, the Pharaoh of Funk. And he said, you get this outfit. Because initially, I started out doing a talk, like a talk segment at Danny's show. 
uh, I can't remember what he called it. It was something stupid. Uh, <laughs> it was bad. Uh, so we, uh, so I had the little outfit, and so I'm in the record shop one day. Uh, I was in Pearl, and there was two guys that owned the record shop. And I stopped in. I got to know those guys real well. And uh, I'd stopped in, and they said, uh, and one of them was a DJ for 90.1 in Jackson. And uh, <coughs> he said, uh, I, I walked in. I said, I said, guys, I said, I know it's been, you know, a couple of months I've been in here. I said, they said, man, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah. I said, I got into this wrestling venture. And they go, wrestling venture? And I said, yeah. They said, well, man, I hope you, uh, I hope it all turns out for you real good. And they said, well, what's your name? And I said, it, I'm calling myself the Pharaoh of Funk. And he says, the Pharaoh of Funk. And he's, and he's sitting there and he's writing it down. And he wrote wrote it down F A R O H P P H U N K, and I said, "That's it. That's how I'm gonna spell it." And totally I, different, man. I give you that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can't be it can't be stolen. So this you know? was like a happy uh, accident, so to speak. Yes, dude, and that's the, how the best gimmicks. That's how the best. Dude, gimmicks, that's 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 characters. a cool story, dude. Yeah, that's like El Pollo Loco. <laughs> we're, sitting, we're sitting around and his first match was probably Thanksgiving nobody wanted to wrestle Thanksgiving is he a young kid and he is he's probably 24 25 okay gotcha. uh, so he uh, he, he I come to him and I was like hey man I said I gotta have you Thanksgiving I said you gotta come up with a gimmick and he's like well this, this is all I got and I was like, you're wearing a chicken mask. <laughs> and so it was a joke. It was intended to be a joke. And Jason, which is one of the firemen that uh, helps out, you know, make sure, co helps coordinate the shows and make sure, you know, we get the ring there and we get everything, you know, which Braxton, during COVID, Braxton, uh, Braxton Fire Department had a lot to do with uh, making sure that the battle zone didn't, fold you know right because um uh, so jason we're standing there and i said what can we call him i said he's a chicken <laughs> and jason said we're gonna call him el pollo loco like that and i said that is it i said now spell it for me <laughs> not happening <laughs> right that's the so, number five at the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, I'll take the number five at No Way Jose, please, with extra uh, jalapenos. <laughs> extra guacamole sauce. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's how the best gimmicks happen, brother. This is just by, by accident. Well, I can tell you this, brother, the first time talking to you and getting to know about you through Peter and Ashley and just having this conversation tonight, I'm all out of questions, man, but I could talk to you all night and get your opinion right, on all kind of other stuff. We got to have you back on, bro. All right, all right, Trey, will you just sit there with your mouth closed for a few minutes then and give somebody else a chance? <laughs> hey, I'm uh, sorry, man. This was interesting to me. I enjoyed it. Well, you want, like I said, just sit there with your mouth closed for just a few minutes. I'm done, brother. I love you, bro. I'm done. All right, so so what? this is probably going to end up being a two-parter because uh, we've gone – 
well over an hour now, and I hate that we kept you this long. If you can just oh, no, give no, us just a couple more minutes. Uh, I'm eating this up, brother. I could do this all night long because well, think about it. I've got 22 years of this. I've got a 22 year story in my mind that's got to come out. You know. Well, you know, and, and any time that uh, that that you would want us to, uh, man, I would be more than happy, and I'll even pay admission to uh, to come and and we could actually do a podcast during one of the events at the battle zone and kind of spread the word like that. Uh, yeah, dude, but, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't charge you admission for that. I mean, you trying to help me get, get my product Make him pay, right? Pharaoh, make him pay. He makes money. Uh, uh, hey, look, look, uh, this, this podcast doesn't make any money. Uh, but well, I do have a question for you. So the, the different ones that uh, we asked earlier, you know, different uh, uh, wrestlers that you guys have had in, uh, we're on episode tonight is episode eight of the uh, Before Sports Entertainment podcast. Mm-hmm. On episode mm-hmm. five, we we kind of uh, did our own 2023 awards, and we had best male wrestler, best female wrestler, best tag team, you know, best storyline, best booker, best jobber slash mechanic, best promotion, and for best female, uh, Trey and Peter had the same answer. They had Rhea Ripley. Well, I went a different direction, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys uh, may have had my pick for the best female of 2023, and that was Camille. Did you guys have her last year, maybe Widowfest or something? Yeah, she is not a very she is not a people person. Really? Uh, what? Yeah, she's yeah. rude she not a and person. obnoxious. No, 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 no. I'm gonna say, no, actually no, no, picked no, no. the right person then, because he's the same way. <laughs> Uh, which I don't know her personally. Now, Lefisto, I got, you know, I've got to know personally. I send her, it's funny, I send her recipes because she is Canadian and she lives in Canada. And there's a lot of stuff that they, that we can get down here that they can't get up there. And, you know, so I'll send her recipes, you know, the Southern stuff like that. Uh, but Camille is, um, she, she likes to stay to herself. She's, uh, she, 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 and it come out of her mouth too. And I said, you know, I said, cause I'm sitting there and I'm minding my own business and I kind of, you know, I hate this. And to myself and she goes, yeah, I do too. I just hate the, the 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 people and the way the the blah blah blah, and so I think it it's a gateway for her. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I can't hear him. Yeah, I think he kind of dropped out. He's still coming. Yeah, I'm still connected. You dropped you out are. on us, Pharaoh. Man, that was some good information. We lost it, man. Maybe this will be a two-party. <laughs> it definitely will. <laughs> I don't think he can hear I'm... us. We just can't hear him. Yeah, I can hear you all day long. Oh, there you are. There yeah, you are. you're back now perfectly loud and clear now. <laughs> okay, I don't know what's going on, dude. Uh, can you – 
I don't know. Yeah, you're good. Let me see. It's probably Trey. Anyway. Okay. Blame him for everything. Uh-oh. So, uh, where was I? Where'd you lose me at? You were talking lost- about Camille, like, being antisocial, so to speak. You said she was a gateway. And yeah, that's, I, it. that's exactly it. what you... Like, yeah, it, it's like wrestling. I believe wrestling is a gateway for her to release whatever it is that, that she may be going through um, at at that time or whatnot. Uh, so as far as pers- – I can't speak personally on her, but as a worker. Well, how, you know, did, how did you guys go about booking her? Yeah. Uh, just reached out, um, uh, email. So you guys like to her, or did you have to go through Billy see, Corgan? Uh, no, it, uh, at the booker at the time. See, now Peter knows the booker that we had at one time, which was Joey Abel. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause Peter met him through some ego shows. Uh, so, uh, at the time, and you know, he he shipped out and went overseas, and then all of a sudden, we get this, we see this on Facebook. Uh, I'm out of wrestling business. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. And blah 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 blah. Well, Battle Zone's got to continue to do what it's got to do to stay relevant. So, you know, he he thought that what he was doing was good for the company, and the my pockets say that it wasn't otherwise. Right. Uh, you know. Damn. He wasn't a big <clears throat> Russo, was he? Dude, I we were talking about pay. I, and I let, let, let me finish let me finish the whole Camille. No, he, he had reached out to her over email and they they coordinated it like that. So I got you. Yeah. So but uh TNA, I don't believe that any of the TNAs are uh under contract. I don't yeah. believe so. Yep. Uh, and I think I can get confirmation because uh, I don't know. Peter, you know Frankie Thomas? You I do. Frankie Thomas. Yeah. Now, now see, Frankie's my brother-in-law. And uh, Ashley, he's the one I told you that was uh, wrestled at AEW Dark Match. You saw him on the Richland mm-hmm. gym that time. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Now Frankie has wrestled with Braun Strowman. Him and uh, Bam Bam Malone wrestled a uh, little old squash on WWE with uh, with Braun uh, before Braun got hurt. Okay. And uh, yeah, Frankie, I love Frankie to death. Uh, Frankie's phenomenal, talented as a day is long. And if he hears this, I don't care because I've told him to his face, brother. You. Chasing, you chasing the dragon. You ain't never gonna catch it. Uh, you sit out here and you stuck your nose to the grind as hard as you can. And it, what has it done for you? And uh, well, you're right, you're right. But all of a sudden, he turns around and he goes right back after you. And I'm like, bruh, come on now. That's you your know, these baby. Do I know? I said that's the that's the wrestling disease. You know, I, I hear it all the time. You watch the uh, show, the wrestlers, and I've heard a lot of them say the same thing. But you know, but that, I think I can still do it. I totally understand that. Yeah, I mean, see that, and that's I guess that's what separates me from everybody else. Yeah. Uh, because it, you know, I mean it. 
I know my limitations. I know what has to be done. I've got folks that depend on me, you know. So, yeah, and like I said, I love Frankie to death, and he and I've told him to his face, you know, hey, bro, you need to just you're almost forty years old, you know, you forty or thirty seven, maybe. You know, I'm like, you just they are not what you're looking for, bro. I said, you got all the talent in the world. I said, you're one of my top guys. I said, but, you know, you're you spinning your wheels. So, uh, it, it, it's, it, it, this business is, is crazy, bro. It's crazy. Sounds like uh, you've so, had a good time, though, man. Yeah. Oh, I've had a good time. Dude, I've had my ups and downs, side to sides, you know, uh, as you know, and then we were talking about as far as like pay goes, uh, it pays not great, bro. I I wrestled my first two and a half, maybe three years for free. What? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Bro. Yes. Pays not great. Look, look. Do you, you just know, enjoy and, it that much that you were willing to do that, or were you just trying to make time, a name for yourself at somebody to get noticed? Yeah, I mean, we were trying to get noticed. We didn't care. Dude, we were taking money out of our own pockets, traveling two and three hours from the house, you know, renting hotel rooms. And that was the that was the blessing that I had because, you know, I had a nine to five job and that, that's what supplied, you know, it's like a like a like being on crack. You know, wrestling at the time, when I was twenty four years old, wrestling was crack to me, you know. So that my nine to five is what supplied that dude. That's like I left work one night at four thirty, drove all the way to Mobile. Uh huh. I got there, and uh, we was at the Casino Palace off of I cannot remember where it was. It was all it was Casino. It was a little old bar. It was a Casino Palace. The locker room was your car. <laughs> basically so i'm out i'm out hopping on one foot <laughs> let me charge it can you hear you you're cutting in and out on us uh hang on let me fix that <laughs> dude this information is so interesting to me no, there's no doubt. That's you know I'm Peter, this is awesome I, I love this you know and, and that's the thing why I really like I said I mean the guys that do this, like Pharaoh and, and, and uh, a lot of the other guys, Monty, they do it, and you can tell they enjoy it. And that's what – and I think just like any job, when you enjoy something, you do it so much better, you know. And those guys really enjoy it, and you can tell in the ring. And I, and I asked them about the money thing because – uh, Peter, can you hear him? Ashley, can you hear him? He's cutting up on mine. No, he's cutting up on mine too. I wonder why I'm cutting out so bad. Nope, there he is. That's good. Okay. <laughs> All right, let me let me get still. <laughs> yeah, quit moving, Pharaoh. He's not trying to twerk for the ones on a pole tonight. Right. right. So I so uh we uh so I'm down at you know at this bar hopping around and there's like five other guys from our little clique that we had uh, that was there and I'm changing, I'm sitting down, you know, hopping on one foot trying to get a boot on, blah, 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 blah. 
we get there, we do the show. The guy walks up and says, uh, which at the time it was kind of aggravating, kind of, you know, pissed us off a little bit. But he hands us five bucks and says, all right, guys, we'll see y'all next time. No. Yeah, it was the last time I wrestled in Mobile, Alabama. No doubt. (laughs) You know, I had a promoter tell me, well, this is your tryout match. I said. An independent promoter. Yes. I said this is, you know, and and I can't, (laughs) guys, honest to God, I cannot talk, you know, because when we were running Battle Zone, we were running every Saturday night. And the guys, uh-huh. the guys told me, they said, oh, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. But I did because all, all our tickets were $5. It was $5 a seat every Saturday night in the battle zone. And I'm not ashamed to say it because it kept the doors open. Mm-hmm. But And the guys knew what they were coming for. They cannot say that they did not get paid. Because their pay was ten dollars, and I know it sounds bad. No, it does. No, it does. Don't say that. It does. I, 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 I mean, but it, you know, I mean, at the, they, Ray, not not for, not not for for what you're trying to do, and they understand out the gate what you're trying to do, and they are willing to be a participant. That's not bad. Yeah, so don't don't, yeah. don't say don't say it's bad. They knew uh, every one of those guys knew up front what was going on, but yeah. and they could tell you. When I guaranteed them, you know, that $10, it was there, you know. So they, they, and they could, I've had guys turn it, you know, they had, they had turned it down. And I'm like, you know, and we, but that's their prerogative, man. I mean, right, I mean, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's their, their time, whatever. But if they're passionate about what you're trying to do as you are, and hey, some guys would probably do it for free, especially if you're doing a charity event. Right, right, and that's what you know, and that's what I had told uh, uh, SWA this past week, and uh, and you know they still brought me an envelope, you know, so I'm not complaining or nothing like that. And I told him, he said, "Hey, man, if I need you to," I said, "I can't even believe you even asking that," you know. I said, "Come on now," I said, "I've worked for scumbags for less than what you, you know, for what you're asking me, bro." I said, "You ain't never got to ask me that." I said, "You know you." you you said we're family, we're family, you know. And there's a lot of folks I can't say that about in this wrestling business. Right. Hey, is it safe to say you're living your dream? Uh as far as as far as being able to do what you wanted to do, maybe not on the big stage, but as far as saying, Hey, I did what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, you yes. Yes, because in this area, uh uh-huh. You're, you'll find a handful of people that don't know who the Pharaoh is. I was one of them till last week, brother. I ain't gonna lie to you, but I, yeah. I want to find out more after this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, dude, and I'm telling y'all, bro, I got, you know, there's 20, 25, 20, or not 25, but 22, 23 years in this, in this head, you know, that had needed to, it, that, it, it, this is a gateway for me, guys, because, you know, I, it's, there's just so much, you know, I've had money stole from me, bro, because of just scoundrels. And this is, and this could be for another, you know, another podcast. Oh, know? I want to have you on as many times as possible, even if we do specialty shows where you can just chime in for us. Yeah, dude, I would be glad to because. I, it, look, it's Ashley's podcast, me and Peter just, you know, doing what we do. Ashley, booking. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, guys, I mean, it, it, there, there's just so much, there's so much, and it's sad that it's, there's a lot of good in it, but as you turn around, you, y'all seen that dark side of the ring? No, oh, yeah. I them all. Yeah. There's some good, there's some good shows on that, man. Dude, there are plenty, you know, and that's like Ashton Spears, you know, everybody's got a past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I had seen this cat and he would like, Hey bro, uh, can you, uh, can you borrow me $20? And I knew I wasn't going to get it back. Cause I knew he was fixing to go smoke it up. You know, mm, mm, uh, mm, mm. he was, he, he was at the time, uh, one of my go-to guys is in the wrestling business. And we finally pulled him aside. We was in Raleigh, Mississippi one night after a show. We pulled him in the kitchen and we said, Ashton, either clean up or forget you even know us. And how hard was that? Dude, he said he knew, which he, he's a man. The only reason I wrestle is because, uh, cause I'm trying to help you out. Uh, really? He, yes, he, wow. dude. I'm telling you, he'll only wrestle for one or two people now. But he has cleaned up. Which once that ultimatum was laid out to him, he uh, went to rehab. He got uh, a coach. He now owns his own house. He runs three different rehabilitation centers and has uh, invested in starting his own. Well, and hey, props to y'all for putting your foot down and getting his attention and making a wake up call for him, man. Yes. Hey, yes. That, that, that's even more reason to like you more than I already have. Yeah. And, and, and Abel was like, hey, man, uh, Ashton needs a sponsor. You think I need to send him the money? I said, send it out about his own money if you need to, bro. That's awesome, man. Bad props, man. Bad props. Clap, well, clap, well, clap, 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 well, clap, bro. Pharaoh, tell us, tell us about uh, February the 10th. February the 10th. All right. So that is leading into uh, which Widafest is uh, March 15th, 16th. So everything that's done February 10th is leading into uh, March 15th, 16th, which is the Widafest, which my dad, like I said, he passed in 2008, 2009 on his, uh, the day of his anniversary, his birthday. Um, we, you know, we elected that we were going to start the Widafest, you know, uh, which Richland was a bad move whenever Abel decided he wanted to take it up there. And we told him it was a bad move because nobody in the area knew who he was. They, they knew him in Simpson County, County and Smith County. Um, you know, but nobody knew him that, that far out. And, and it is, it's hard in this market. You got, um, You, we have a caliber of, of crowd, all right? And I love my fans. I'm not going to lie. If I, whether I'm a heel or whether I'm a baby face, I love them because they pay their hard-earned money to come and see me perform, all right? So uh, our our fans, you know, I mean, and we you're living in rural Mississippi. We're not the richest state in the world by no means. You know, you guys know this and I know this. Right. So, and it, some of them, it was a little too far for them to travel. So now we've got, with the blessing of uh, the uh, Mendenhall, the city of Mendenhall, they've got the armory up there 
and they're renting it out to us once a month. Uh, they said, if y'all want it, come lay your dates down. And we started laying dates down. It was like, here, here, here. So uh, February the 10th is uh, everything that's leading into which are, we've got a tag tournament going in to crown the new number one contenders to see who faces the blacks at night one at Whittafest. So, um, which we've got Robert Gibson coming back uh, at Whittafest as well. So, the Robert uh, Gibson. The Robert Gibson. Hey, I, keep, knew it, I knew it, Pharaoh, because the guy said one of my tag team partners is going to be a little rock and roll, and I was I was very happy. <laughs> so, yeah, I may have let the cat out of the bag a little too soon. but You gave it um, away, sir. I, I give it away, but um, I mean, a lot, dude, and that's the thing. A lot is advertisement, 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 advertisement. Push, advertisement. push, push. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it, it's getting... It's getting a little, I wouldn't say ridiculous. It's kind of hard to start getting some some talent that, uh, name talent. But I, I'm I, my goal is to build the battle zone, you know, which it's always been my goal was to build the battle zone off the talent that we have. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and and it it seems to be doing its thing and seems to be working because I think we could draw the house regardless if we got a name on it or not. So, well, hey, you stand by yourself uh, and your talent, so hey, just keep pushing, man. That's right. That's right. And then that's all we could do. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, and it, and it, it it's. <sighs> It's it's harder to advertise now because of social media. You know what I mean? That uh, makes it harder. Which, well, it, because nobody. It, we used to do handouts on cars. I got you. Got you. Got you. Now, now, okay, you're probably you know, ninety. Yeah, ninety yeah, percent. And then now, uh, we could put a post up on Facebook, dude. Do you know how many folks are on my Facebook? A lot, like twenty five hundred to three thousand people on my Facebook. If I put a post up, you know only like a handful of those folks see that post. That's right. Yeah. You know, it, well, it's well, not like to say that me and my son went to the Coliseum this past Sunday to WWE. Uh actually got us tickets for my son and me for Christmas and for the super show. Yeah. Do, do you know when we came out of the Coliseum there was three people handing out flyers in the parking lot for something other than the WWE? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah. I, I can see your point on that. Yeah, you know, and that there's there's and there's there's one mainly one guy up there preaching, you know, which I'm not pimp. I love the Lord. I accept Christ as my personal savior. Amen. And yes, sir. Yes, this sir. little this little guy is up here. He it's it's kind of funny because he's up there anytime they have wrestling up there. He's up there passing literature out, you know. And I'm like, look at this, you know. Well, one it, of them it, was for great. a shake joint in Jackson. My son didn't get one of them flyers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you and what, Pharaoh. We're going to have you back before Woodafest, man. But it's been a great night so. talking to you, my friend. I hope so. And look, one other last thing. I have tried my hardest to get Brett DiBiase to come and wrestle me. And you know he won't. I don't know why. 
Mm. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I you heard it here first. Brent DiBiase. Now, now Brent he, DiBiase, is that Ted DiBiase Jr. from WWE? That is the one that pled guilty for fraud, fraud stealing money yeah. from poor folks. Yeah. yeah. That's Ted's brother. Actually, no wonder not. that's a million dollar family. <laughs> look, they now, got all look, the poor I, folks' money. <laughs> I'll be it's your manager and mouthpiece, Pharaoh. Bring me down. Uh, look, when when, uh, when we used him a couple of times and Abel decided he needed to have all that glory, he was, well, I'm going to wrestle Brett. I'm going to ruh, 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 I was like, okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so uh, I told him, uh, we told him we wanted our uh, child support money back. <laughs> and uh, b- believe it or not, Brett's uh, oldest boy, I had done made him so mad. He's like seven or eight years old. I done made him so mad. I told him, I said, I, you line up a DBI, I said, I'll slap him. Oh, God. And I was healed. And this is I was wonderful. On, this is entertainment right dude, here. I was on the other side of the guardrail, and I didn't realize that he was behind me. The little seven-year-old now. <laughs> dude, he come off about the second bleacher. And hit me across the back, and I had to catch my. Because when we're trained, if it's not part of the show, we, you know, something like that, we have to, you know, we, it's fight or flight time. Defend yourself. Right. And I spun around and I realized who he was, and I started laughing. And I kind of brushed my shoulder. I said, Is that all you got? Just like your daddy, you know? And he, the little boy, he was, uh, he was proud of himself, so to speak. Did you see what I did to him, Daddy? And uh, so I'd give him, I'd give him hell ever since, ever since that night. But uh, DBIC explained something to me, guys. And it, and if somebody's paying you and writing the checks, are you gonna ask them where it's coming from? Good point. Uh, <laughs> if you have some suspicions, you might want to. Well, I mean, the government pays me, so I don't ask anything. There you go. <laughs> the government was paying hey, him. <laughs> right, that's right. The trap that a buddy of mine who retired from the fire department just found out today in a certified letter. He's been drawing his retirement for over 14 years, and the PERS retirement system in the state of Mississippi just sent him a letter saying, You owe us $200,000. We've been overpaying you. Yeah, so how do you well, – so what are you supposed to do to that? You know? You, uh, I'm just going to hey, hey, take point? me to jail. You made the mistake. Right. You know, and, and you know, Brett, he he, uh, he – which he pled guilty, and which Brett is – Brett's a really good person, you know. Um, I've met his dad, like, maybe once. Uh, never really – sit down to have a conversation with him. But me and Brett, when we first met, we hit it off and, you know, I'll send him some text messages and him, he's got, he hate, I wouldn't say hate, but he really dislikes the Miz. And I'll text him and say, hey, I'll text him and say, hey, the Miz said blah, blah, blah. And he'll get, he'll start. I know that'll rile him up. He'll send me, if he don't text me anything, it's going to be something about, you know, will you tell the Miz that I'm coming to blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, so it, it's kind of fun to mess with him. But if I could ever just get him in a match, uh, I think that would be money. Ain't no doubt. It probably would. Probably it, would. Yeah. Well, look, look, Pharaoh, we, 
we are about out of time for tonight. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, oh, no, no. It's it's been it's been quite enjoyable. Like I said, this may end up being a two parter. Uh, we'll just I'll just edit this down to a two parter. Well, my daughter will. She helps me out with the editing. But uh, but look, man, we have thoroughly enjoyed it, and we will definitely uh, get you back in, and we will make a point to plug the battle zone every chance we get. Yeah, yeah, and look, like you got open open invitation for the Witter Fest if y'all want to come and shoot your podcast hey, in, hey, you know. You, you're our first guest, other than the three of us. You're the first guest we've ever had on our podcast, man, and I couldn't have been happier about how this turned out, bro. Good deal, good deal. I mean, well, I'm ready to do it again, guys. I am. I'm ready to to get after it and. I mean, we can go a little bit deeper, and I can tell you some stories about uh, Brian Christopher and. Uh, oh, don't 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 tell me no negative stories about Grandmaster. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> well, it was well. I mean, it would probably be negative for you, and it was wasn't a good experience for me because I've never been in the. You know, I've been around certain stuff. You know, kind of like in the vicinity, but. When this happened, I was like, it's hey, time hey, to go. Hey, 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 let's stop right there. Another time, another day, brother. We're right, going to have right. all night. We got Peter's got to drive a bus tomorrow, I believe. Mm-hmm. Every he said, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Pharaoh, I will see you February 10th, my friend, because I've already yes, got it on my calendar. As soon as I get paid, I'm buying them tickets. Actually, right, before we get off with Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I got one last question for you. Don't answer it. Just think about it until the next time we talk. All right. How hard would it be to nail Jello to a wall? <laughs> Pharaoh, if you ever meet Trey in person, slap the I, shit out of Trey. I, I, I will. I will pay good money to to watch you put the figure four on him or give him a hell of a bump. I'll let Pharaoh chop the shit out of my chest if you want me to. <laughs> Look, I might I might end up uh sending Peter a picture of nail jello nail to a wall. So don't, hey, don't if never you do say that, never. brother. I I will be amazed. Don't never say never. If you can nail jello to a wall, you can chop the shit out of me. Uh oh. Challenge oh. accepted. There you go. <laughs> Pharaoh, we appreciate it. Thank yes, you so sir. Much. Yes, sir. Anytime. All right, bud. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. Y'all be good. You too. Bye-bye. Right. See you, Pharaoh. Bye, guys. <laughs>